Welcome into another edition of Sportball with Squam, Stogie, and Skulldog. As you know, I'm your boy Sam. With me, as always, are these two beautiful, exceptional people inside and outside. It's Kyle and Seth. Welcome, boys. Thank From you. now on, introduce me as my Catholic name, Stogie Barone, Dickie Rubio, Argyle Kyle, first of his name, Matcher of Socks, King of Hot Takes. Please. Okay. Sorry. I, I apologize. I had that scrawled on my ancient tablet, but I couldn't quite get it out. Did you, is, are those the names that you just screenshotted from Snapchat so you could just say that right now on the podcast? Yeah, I'm quite embarrassed you guys saw me do that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he could slip it by us. Well, this is big news for everyone. I'm recording this podcast for the first time with my new Apple AirPods. Weird so flex, I'm part but of the one okay. percent. Part of the one percent now, you peasants. <laughs> uh, a matter of fact, you guys if you're that? not listening to our podcast with AirPods, stop listening. I don't want them. Rip out your headphones and buy new ones, specifically AirPods. Oh, we just lost all five of our listeners. So <laughs> hey, I know Nick listens to his AirPods. So Nick has shout AirPods. out Merlina. Oh, uh, Merlina. Sorry, I call him Nick. How dare you? You should be sorry. How's everyone doing tonight? Be honest. I'm undecided on whether I am going out after this podcast or not, so I'm just drinking throughout it, so we might get off the rails, but is that really new? I don't think we've ever stayed on the rails. Fair. If we were a train company, we'd probably lose a lot of of coal, as they say. I'm doing Train well. I'm watching the Spurs Nuggets game. That's it's good. Uh, just the beginning of the fourth quarter now, so it should be over by the time we finish recording. Yeah, so we should to peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, we're recording at 9 p.m. on Thursday, so the Nuggets Spurs game is going on right now, Central Time, and so we're not quite sure how that series is going to turn out. Uh, and last night, the Warriors just lost to the Force of Six game in that series. We're kind of hoping that would be over <laughs> by now. Overrated. But... All right. You're welcome. Why don't we just get started, huh, guys? What have we been doing this whole time? <laughs> this, uh, this podcast, uh, in this podcast, it's going to be the NBA playoff first round recap, second round preview, Dame versus Steph, French bending podcast. Big summer <laughs> blowout. Big summer so blowout. For- <laughs> so we wanted to basically recap the first round of the playoffs of the NBA, even though it's not quite over yet. And then preview the second round matchups that we at least know are set. So, without Freddie ado. <laughs> That's my joke, you dirty, dirty boy. That brings what? me back to our uh, high school graduation. Oh, when you flamed our entire graduating class with that, dude? <laughs> you dropped the without Freddie ado in front of the entire graduating class and their parents. <laughs> Where I mean, is Freddie ado? Is he still playing? Or what, what's up with him? He's deceased. <laughs> I can't imagine he's deceased. I mean, he was a professional football or soccer player when he was 14, so he's got to be like 16 now. Uh, he's probably like our age. Rip Freddy, honestly. He was born in 1989. And dead. And 20 years after we went, went <laughs> Wikipedia, to the moon. Wikipedia uh, does not say that he's dead, but the second YouTube video is, remember when Freddie Adu was better than Messi? I don't remember that. Oh, I 
he probably was when they were both 14. <laughs> but right now we're without Freddie Adu, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's still in our hearts. We have been for years. <laughs> All right, so the first thing we wanted to discuss was the last game between the Blazers and the Thunder, specifically Damian Lillard just with a cold-blooded 37-foot jumper. Damian Lillard the game's played in that time game? Big game no. Dame. And he also scored 50, which is uh, pretty good, I would say. Well, it was less exciting after Kyle had told me that he was going to score 60. Bro, <laughs> I don't know what half, happened in the so third like... quarter. He scored, I think, five or six points in the third quarter only. He's he more was of a very... Guy. He was uh, extremely... Um, passive that third quarter yeah. he was really just looking to distribute because i think he knew that the defense was really just going to be all on him so he just did a good job getting his teammates in the best position possible he did have i think 32 so, at half so it wasn't completely outrageous for kyle to say 60 but he's actually underselling it should have been 64 judging oh, by did my you math. do that math in your head no i i you didn't see what i pulled a little cap later um so i'm very upset because I missed that game, which was the one good game. <laughs> Kyle just leans over to Joel. <laughs> Kyle, please think of your lungs. The emphysema. Your mom is I right. I a role model for all the kids listening, Kyle. She's yeah. Old, right? Yeah, it's true. Um, so I fell asleep at 9 p.m. that day before the game even started. And um, I woke up to 70 messages from Seth and Kyle. <laughs> How many was it actually? Uh, it was actually 70 around, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had 80 when I woke up, but like 10 of them weren't from you guys. Yeah. How dare you? And I didn't even realize what happened. I just went to work, whatever. I was like, whatever, I'm not going to check this because I had a meeting right away. And then I got on my meeting and the first thing I saw like on Instagram was the, the video of him making it. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> also, the video I saw of him shooting it just looked like it was shot on like a nokia 1999 or something like it was just <laughs> i don't know who took it but some small trout on the stands perhaps but yeah that was crazy huh that was insane like i was so confused at the end of that game because i think there was like 10 and a half seconds left on the shot clock when he made it uh when he caught the ball and was over half court and he's just standing there dribbling, just staring at the clock and then looking at Paul George, staring at the clock, looking at Paul George. And it came down, there was like 1.8 to 2 seconds left, and he just steps back, and Paul George jumps to block that shot or put his put a face in his hand at the perfect time. And it was like, it's just splash. It was, it was, I don't think yeah, there was any seems, way that shot wasn't going in. I mean, I didn't see it live, but it seemed like pretty good defense. I thought it was like textbook defense honestly <laughs> my thought was like it got down to i mean obviously i knew they're gonna hold for the last shot and then it gets down to like eight five seconds <laughs> and i'm like damien like go <laughs> right and he's just like two seconds step back into the side because you thought he was gonna go to the rim or at least like i mean you know at least do a little penetration move, try to get some separation or something before <laughs> pulling up but he's just like no nah, i got this that was such a cold-blooded shot, man. Oh, my God. He's insane. I don't know. Best point guard in the NBA? 
Hey. All right. Well, we're about to <laughs> we're about to discuss that. Should we just hop into that now? As well. I mean, what else do we really have to talk about? Who are we besides this? Uh, you could talk about we have Russell Westbrook just probably being one of the most overrated point guards. Yeah, I thought we'd hit on the Thunder later after we okay. after we really get dive into this. So, a little backstory for our listeners. You guys, you five still out there? You good? I hope you're doing well. Uh, so we, last night, one of the 70 things that I woke up to was Kyle declaring that Damian Lillard was the best point guard in the NBA above Steph Curry. Let's take James Harden out of this equation and put him as a shooting, shooting guard, guard for right now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you could argue either way, but for this argument, we're arguing one way. Thank you. So, <laughs> so Kyle mentioned Steph, Dame, and Kyrie. And he actually had Kyrie second at first, I think, when then he came to his senses. He had Kyrie um, so, first at first. Uh, yeah, yeah. At first, I was just like, I was way too on edge. And I was like, <laughs> I don't want to say edge. I over, I didn't want to say, I don't want to say I overreacted to the game because, I mean, Damien's been doing this pretty much since he's been in the league. But I don't mm-hmm. think he's done it on such, I mean, he had that shot against the Rockets a couple years ago in the playoffs. But I don't think he's, been on like the stage like this like i feel like this team is kind of a tier above the other teams he's had but still yeah no so it just got me thinking like i mean he's got he's got the best defense out of the other two listed that's for sure so he could score with with the other two he can keep score with them but go ahead let me let me let me start off before we really get into it because i did something that's going to shock you guys i did did some research I did oh research. God. I did some basketball reference. <laughs> yeah. Tell me you pulled up the basketball reference player comparison. No, actually, I just did the um, the player index or whatever, where you can just like filter it by a bunch of stuff. Okay. That's fair. I yeah. have the player comparison up, and that was okay. also the first podcast research I've ever done. So, <laughs> I'm just I'm just gonna give like an overview of their careers. And their stats, just so we have something as a basis to go off of. I'm not trying to like make a point either way right now. And basically, the reason we're discussing Steph versus Damien is we all agree they're one and two, right? Right now, and it's just a disparity as to which one's better. So, <clears throat> over their careers, so Steph is 30; he's in his 10th season. Um, Dame is only 28; he's in his seventh season, so a little younger. Steph has two MVPs, six All NBAs. Uh, I just included this year because I figured he'd make it. So that would be three first for him, two second, and one third if we assume he makes the first team this year, which may be an assumption, but we'll just take it for now. He's a six-time All-Star. Obviously, he has three championships. I would say he's definitely a future Hall of Famer. I would say maybe top 30 player. We can debate that of all time. So I guess that was a little of my opinion. Sorry. Damian, four-time All-NBA. <laughs> One first, I mean, he'll make the second this year, so that'll be two seconds, and then a third he has as well. He's a four-time All-Star, former Rookie of the Year. No championships, as we know. I would say probably future Hall of Famer as well. So the last four seasons is kind of interesting to to juxtapose them because this is basically both of their primes, right? So the last four seasons, Steph is uh, 27 points, five rebounds, six assists. Uh, shooting splits are 48 43-91, that would be shooting percentage, three-point percentage, and field goal percentage. Um, Dame is, these are very, very similar stats. What's that? Free throw percentage is the last one. What did I say? You said field goal percentage, which is the same thing as shooting percentage, which you said earlier. 
Why do they even call it a free throw? You shoot it. It should be a free shot. That's a anyway, good point. Thank you. Damien, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, a little slightly less efficient, 44%, 37%, 90%. Um, pretty similar PRs. Steph's defensive rating is 106 to Damien's 111, which is a little better, but essentially the same. In the playoffs, these guys playoffs. are basically the same. <laughs> Steph is 26, 6, and 6. Dame is 27, 4, and 6. Obviously, very, very uh, close stats. Steph's effective field goal percentage is better and a little higher PR. So that's basically where we're at. Seth, do you have more stats from your data mining? Um, so I was just thinking about, so I was on firmly in the Steph camp and I still think Steph is better, but I think there's a few things that Damien does have on his side. Um, and I was thinking of it just from before I looked at the stats, like maybe Damien has been better in the playoffs. And also another thing we should consider, we're talking about right now. So I think Kyle might concede that Steph has a better resume if you look True. at their entire careers, but Damien's a few years younger, right? So we're talking about right now, and so maybe if we look at this playoffs, it seems like Damien has been more of an impact player than Steph, but then looking at the totals um, from just this year in the playoffs, um, Steph is shooting <laughs> above 50% from three. Damien's at 48, so still really good. Steph's averaging 20, almost 25 points. Damien's at 33. So I would say he's probably outperforming him in this playoffs. And it seems like Lillard has maybe has the edge on like clutch moments, um, per- particularly this year. Um, and then I would say the other thing that Lillard has over Steph is his durability. seems like Steph is usually misses at least a few games, has some nagging injuries. Obviously, there's the 2016 year when the Cavs won the finals, and there was questions about how healthy Steph was, and Lillard really doesn't have that, at least so far in his career. Um, and then Kyle and I were talking earlier, but I think from what I hear, Lillard is a really good teammate, really good leader. Um, and just by virtue of seeing how well Portland has done this season, rebounding from their <clears throat> debilitating, demoralizing loss last year against the Pelicans, it shows that being a leader of that team and how much resilience he's instilled into his teammates. And so I would say that's the argument for Lillard. But to me, it's still one of those things. It's just like, I know Steph is better. <laughs> I know, yeah. I think I was you could at... definitely argue Damien's playing better right now than Steph is. For sure. Kyle, before you go, I was when I, when I saw the stats, I kind of expected Steph to to have a leg up, just statistically, just you know, just disregarding what I'm seeing on the court, <clears throat> but. Their stats are basically the same over the last four years, which I thought was interesting. Although Steph does is a more efficient shooter and has a slightly better offensive and defensive rating. I mean, you know, it's definitely very close in that regard. And I think that maybe 
what's happening a little bit is that Damien just keeps getting better and better every year, right? We've seen him just get incrementally better running the pick and roll, going to the basket, taking deep threes. He just gets better at, every, at a certain thing every year, right? So he's kind of slowly getting better and better, and as stuff starts to decline in his late prime, I think that eventually, and maybe that happens next year in the next couple of years, we may consider Damian the best point guard in the league. See, I think that's where you guys probably thought I sounded crazy because I didn't specifically state it, but what Seth said was right. Like, I'm talking about right now, not just playoffs, but just like this season as a whole. And I think we've seen this season, I think, is that intersection of those two two players. And now Damian Lillard, obviously he's got a couple years or he's a couple years younger than Curry too, I think, which helps. So he's got, you know, he's two years younger. So this is about what we would think a player's prime is in the NBA and what Lillard has done this year with this Portland team um, is just, you know, I, I think it just puts him in that, in that position. And even just like his, his stats, which you just read everything there. When I was looking at these two, I was actually kind of surprised at like how similar if you look for their careers too, which mm-hmm. kind of is fluky because yeah. you had those two years where Steph was literally just a yeah. man on fire, right? Yeah. They averaged literally the same exact points. Their rebound differential was like point something. Their assist differential was like point something. Like it's insane how their careers are, how similar they are. And I think it just has to do with one Steph, the rings, right? That's what everyone talks about. And Portland is a, in my opinion, a pretty small market for the NBA. And it's not like you're going to sit there and listen to a casual fan talk about, oh, did you see what Damian Lillard did last night? Except for when he hit that shot, except for when he's on the biggest stages. But no one's seeing him day in, day out, and how he plays with an inferior team and players to what Steph Curry's playing with. Like, I I said in the text to Seth, one of the 70 messages we sent, like, Steph Curry might just be a product of his environment. Not not completely, but I think a lot of it has to do with that. Like, he's got arguably the best overall player in the NBA and KD on his team. He's got one of the best two-way or three-and-D, maybe two-way shooting guards that we've seen in the last 15 years in Klay Thompson. He's got a big man who doesn't even want to shoot the ball and all he wants to do is play defense and make the right play. So what do defenses do in that situation? Steph's going to get so many more open shots, in my opinion, than Damian Lillard, who until this year, uh, Nurkic, this is just Nurkic's career year, and it sucks that he got injured. Uh, But before this, he was nowhere near the consistent player that he was this year. And uh, you have, help me out. CJ. Yes. CJ Wagnett. Yeah. Who every, I'd say once every seven days, he'll go on a tier, he'll go into a game and drop 30 something. But otherwise, he's dropping what, 12 to 15 points a game, four to five assists, a couple rebounds. Like this whole team is Damien's, and defense is literally only 
for the most part, have to plan for Damian Lillard, where that's Steph Curry or so Lillard doesn't get the the um, the the slack or the not the slack the what's the word I'm looking for? The How attention. do I do this? Yeah, he doesn't get the attention that Steph Curry gets in you know every game, especially regular season stuff. I'm just, so I will say, I'm just picturing Kyle with a like a calendar on the wall, and every seven days he marks down CJ at 30 points. And... <laughs> I'll pull it up. Yeah, you want it? <laughs> I have my calendar right here. It's just pictures of CJ in different poses. <laughs> so I will say a couple of points, Kyle, before I let Seth maybe rebuff as well. Um, <clears throat> so I'm in the Steph Curry camp as well, but I will say diving deeper, I... I drew more towards Kyle's side than I thought I would, even though I'm still in the Steph Curry camp. Um, a couple of points of what you made, I think that where we really saw who Steph is is when KD wasn't there yet, right? I mean, there's the 73-win season. There's a season before that when they won the title, didn't have KD, and no one really expected them to go that far. Then <laughs> You have the 15-16 the season where he averaged 30 points, and uh, he shot... Um, 45% from three, which is, is pretty good, good I think. <laughs> I mean, that's one of the best offensive seasons ever, I, I feel confident saying. And um, although the, when you said, you know, he's a product of his environment, I think that's kind of true, but also I think he's a big reason why that environment was built in the first place. I think that um, he's a very, he's an elite culture setter, you know, which you can say Damien is too, right? But I don't know necessarily know if we should knock Steph for his environment when he's one of the big reasons that environment exists, which is the same reason that, you know, there's a good environment in Portland as well as because of Damien. So I think they both have that strength. Um, also, I, I saw something on Reddit today, and it was players with the best percentage of shots from 30 to 40 feet. So very, very deep threes. And... Staff's in first at 36%, and then Damien is uh, in third at 34%. And second is Brooke Lopez, of all people. My God! <laughs> Which is really a sign of where the NBA is going. <laughs> that is wild. But, um, yeah, I think, Kyle, you bring up some very good points. and Thank you. Statistically, they're, they're similar. And I think, actually, the point you made up you made is good about... Um, defense is having to pay maybe more attention to Damien because there's no one else to cover, right? Um, and that may be a big reason why Steph's uh, shooting efficiency and PER is higher, right? Because mm-hmm. he just has better players around him. But I just, Steph, he's just better. I don't know, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is when we have players like Steph Curry, who is a generational talent and, you know, we're never going to see a shooter like him, well, most likely never going to see a shooter like him again. We probably said that when Ray Allen was in his prime too, but yeah, people just hold on to that for so long and don't want to, you know, even think about the fact that their favorite player or one of their favorite players in the league isn't the best at what they do anymore. And I'm not like, I'm not knocking Steph Curry, but I just think, people don't recognize what Lillard has done for the entire city of Portland. It's pretty much what 
Steph did for the entire, you know, for his city too, before they started going on these playoff and these championship runs. Like, what do we do if this might be that one season where the Warriors weren't supposed to make it? Like, Portland's not supposed to make it, but Lillard's hot right now. He's the best point guard in the NBA currently. <laughs> and I don't think that, as much as I hate it, hate to say it, if Denver wins this series against the Spurs, I don't think they have an answer for him. Um, he's not going to, unless Gary Harris is going to play all-star defense. It's and we really only see that, seen that happen like two out of the last four games in the Spurs series. And it hasn't even been all-star. It's just been good defense. Mm-hmm. So if he takes them, you know, to, to face Houston in the Western conference finals, because we'll get to that later, but um <laughs> And even if they don't make the finals, but they take Houston to six or seven game series, I think a lot more people are going to take notice to what I've already noticed. So you're here to hear first, uh, Kyle hates Steph Curry, and the Blazers are going to win three out of the next four championships. Seth, the rebuttal? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think looking at just this season... I think so. If Steph is shooting forty three point seven percent from three, and Damian shot thirty six point nine, and like obviously both of those are very good, but I think there is a big difference there, mm-hmm. and certainly it's important to consider the scheme. But just from the games that I've watched, like Steph routinely hits contested threes or gets himself open with his dribbling and his off the ball running around screens, getting open ability as well. So I don't think it's just that, Hey, defenses are double teaming KD. So that's why Steph is open. Like, yeah, it's really hard to guard the warriors and they do definitely get open shots because of the talent on their team. But I think a lot of that is also Steph's talent about, uh, getting himself space one way or the other. Um, so I, maybe we can split hairs. I would still say that Steph performed better overall this season, but I think just the current hot streak means that Damian Lillard is playing right now currently better than Steph and you know is playing like the best point guard in the league right now if we don't yeah. guard in. Yeah, and I think that, and maybe this is a little silly, but I feel like Steph has been the best point guard in the league for many years, and it would take, someone has to dethrone him for me to say that he's not the best anymore, and he has to maybe take a step back. And I just don't think he's really taken a step back this season. I mean, he still averaged, you know, 27 points on 45%, 44% from three. So until I see him take a step back, you know, I really, I really don't see anyone dethroning him. And although Damien has played better in the first round, I don't think one round of the playoffs is enough for me to put Damien over him quite yet. But it is, it is closer than I thought when I started my research. And I will say that I can only remember two series-ending buzzer beaters, and they've both been made by Damien Lillard. And I don't know how many there have even been in history. So, I mean, that's certainly something to consider. No, as a I'm side gonna... note. Uh, 
Nikola Jokic has 43 points, 12 rebounds, and 9 assists, and Denver's down by 17 with a minute 45. So... Uh, I just want to say, if you're going to talk a Game of Thrones, you should know that the people, the, the one that everybody wants on the throne shouldn't, isn't going to be on the throne, you know what I mean? No spoilers. I was talking basketball. Oh, the Warriors. The Game of Thrones throne. Very good, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on because we're like 30 minutes in. And we that sounded much better topic. in my head. <laughs> I want us to just breeze through all of the first round recaps. Okay, boys? So Most are we of them are in? Are we loaded? So. <laughs> but let's really talk quick talk about the Thunder while we're still in this series. So they've lost in the first round again, which is all they've done since Kevin Durant left, who was a good player. Uh, what? Easy now. And even Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, even in his MVP season, couldn't get him on the first round. Wow. And many will look at this series as a, an indictment of Russell and how you can't win the playoffs with him, right? Which I think may be fair. But also the best player on the team may be Paul George. Probably is Paul George. And he was... Didn't seem right. Definitely is Paul George. Excuse me. I sneeze a little bit. And <laughs> I sneezed and it came out. Paul George might be their best player. <laughs> and um, he was not right. In the, he didn't seem right in the playoffs. He's definitely dealing with an injury, whether we want to <clears throat> make an excuse for him in that way or not. But I just kind of want to open it up for, for talk about what do you think this does to Russell Westbrook's, Russell Westbrook's legacy and also what the Thunder can do moving forward because, you know, this is their third straight first-round exit and they have a lot of money tied up in Paul George, Westbrook, and Steven Adams. So, you know, what's there to be done when they don't have a lot of cap space left? My take is that Russell Westbrook is who he we thought he was. I mean, he's done this his whole career. He's never been a high-efficient scorer. He's always put up stats. He's always played hard. Sometimes he gets too revved up to the point where he can't control his game and he's flying around, getting charges and missing layups and pulling up for long twos. And it's never really led to winning. The closest was that 2016 year when they blew the 3-1 lead against the Warriors in the conference finals. Um, I guess they also made the NBA finals in 2012, but, um, yeah, we were in, uh, do you remember that we were in, uh, Tennessee? You're the only 10 I see, baby. Thank you. We were building houses. You're damn Um, right. So I, I, I don't feel like this series changes his legacy at all. I think this is what his legacy was. And unless he totally changes how he plays, it's going to be really hard for the Thunder to win. Um, I think they could try to explore if they can get anything useful in exchange for Adams. If they feel like he's really on the downturn and this series exposed that it's hard to play him in a, in a playoff series against a certain team, certain type of team. Um, but I also think... There's value for a city like Oklahoma City to have a team that's exciting and 
that makes the playoffs every year. And even if they're like probably not in championship contention, I think if they ran it back with this team, it's not impossible that they'd make the second round. Mm-hmm. And so, I, wow, how fun! Well, I will push back a little on on your reaction to that, Kyle. If you couldn't tell on the podcast, he had the stank face on when Seth said that, like someone had farted in his room. It was probably him. Uh, but blamed him right there. I think I guess I've already I probably said this on the podcast already, but I just feel like with a small market team, it does mean something to make the playoffs every year and to have a star that's known nationally reside in your hometown. That's pretty small, right? And so I don't think. I get, you always have a choice, but I really just feel like the Thunder had no choice but to max Russell Westbrook out to just stay relevant. I mean, they're the smallest market in the league, or one of the few smallest. And if they want to make money, if they want to sell their stadium, they need a star. And they have one in Russell, and he's flawed, but he's good enough to raise their floor to a playoff team. So, I mean, I don't know if you polled Oklahoma City fans, if the majority of them would agree with what I just said, but on the outside looking in, it just seems like that maybe a better strategy for a small market team. I guess so. But at this point, um, they have so much money tied up between three players. And arguably, you could say their third best player isn't even one of their three most paid players, which is a problem, in my opinion. If you're going to pay people, you want them to be you know, the best players on the court, or at least for your team. And, Who are you saying is the third best player? German chocolate cake? Uh, no, I think it'd be Jeremy Grant. But um, I think oh, it's Syracuse, you know, Steven, former Syracuse player Jeremy Grant. I might add. Right. Can right. you pee in his urinal? I I did not. Stephen <laughs> Adams is going to make what like twenty seven, twenty eight mil or something like that next year. That's a lot. Yeah. Good luck unloading that. Right. Like that's the thing. Who's going to take him? I mean, exactly. So they've really shot themselves in the foot. I mean, congrats, I guess, for going all in, you know, and convincing Paul George to stay in your small market so that you can lose in the first round in the toughest conference in the NBA every year. Great. I'm sensing dripping sarcasm coming from Kyle right now. Like, (laughs) I mean, I hate the Bulls front office and their organization, but I'd, I'd rather them keep not making the playoffs for the next three years or however long it takes to get gar packs out of the front office so that we can have just a ton of ton of um, assets yeah. have a bunch of little zions we, running around that we could trade or do whatever with and we'll have competent people in the front office that know how to actually run a basketball organization I'd much rather have that than go and try and you know try and buy the overrated star in free agency or the deep the star on decline just to try to squeak in the eighth seed of a eastern of the eastern conference like and i know the thunder weren't the eighth seed but where to get them well i i would say that strategy definitely i would support that for the bulls if i were a bulls fan um but i think like if you look at how have teams had success and there's this been this whole process era right where the the Sixers went all in on that and are they that much different than the Thunder like 
they're probably going to lose to Toronto in the second round of the playoffs. And we're at like the peak of what they were kind of, they're all done with their young assets, right? They don't have any more draft picks that they're going to stock up. So it's like, that's your best case scenario. Um, And then if you look at some of the teams that are title contenders, it's the Warriors who did draft really well and got lucky with some of those things and then were able to draw KD in free agency. It's the Bucks who just lucked into Giannis. It's Toronto who did a, a very courageous, bold trade to get Kawhi. So I don't think it's necessarily true that the only Houston, for sure, who, Warriors, again, smartest man in basketball. Yeah. And they got James Harden from a trade. So from the Thunder. I don't think it's like, I'm definitely not saying that like the Thunder have made no mistakes and they're just like unlucky. I think they are to blame for where they're at, but I no, also, I, I don't know. At this point, you might as well just run it back because you're kind of out of other options. And I don't think that like, just blowing it up for every team that's not a title contender. I don't think that's really going to work, especially considering. Like, I don't think first round draft picks are really as valuable as people think. Maybe the number one pick is valuable, but even that isn't a home run every time, you know? No, so but if like, you can accumulate multiple, then you're going to increase your odds of hitting on one of those first round draft picks, especially if you can, Somehow squeak your way into getting two, uh, two of the lottery picks, or even three. Who knows? But for sure, and that's what the Sixers did. They just wanted as yeah. many shots at it as they could, and half of them, you know, the Jaleel Okafors and the Nerlens Noels and the Markel Fultzes didn't work out. But they got Simmons and Embiid out of it, and other assets that they were able to get Harris and Butler. I mean, Boston's but, been doing the same thing, right? Yeah, pretty much. And Boston was able to do it. Without really Without tanking. tanking, yeah, they just yeah, did but it, it helped that they tanking. were an attractive, attractive city and team for free agents as well. That's the other thing too, right? Because I mean, most free agents aren't going to go to Oklahoma City, but like, right. how many teams are an attractive free agent destination? It's like, who has gotten all the big name free agents? Golden State it's got all, KD, Boston got the, Gordon Hayward, but it's, it's like, the big. It's the big market teams or the smart basketball teams. And that's what it is. Yeah, but yeah, I think it, more more now really than just, ever it's the smart ones. Yeah. It's like I five agree. or six in the yeah. whole league. It's like Because those are the those are the teams that are investing in analytics and stuff like that to improve an over their overall team while other teams are sitting in the back and saying wow, they're going to get a player like that. I'm going to try to find a player just like that and not knowing the basis on why said team went for that player you know it's just follow the leader for the other teams in the league that aren't aren't investing in technically their future and innovation yeah (laughs) i will say too there there's a lot of teams the majority of the teams in the nba are not free agent destinations Mm -hmm. and are probably not going to draft very well and Unless they really 
make some smart moves or try to go full process like the Sixers did, which is harder now with the change in the odds. Like, I think it's probably better for some teams like the Thunder to just try to be at least somewhat relevant and maybe they'll get lucky in a few playoff series in the future. And yeah, they definitely should have made some different decisions, but where they're at right now, you probably just have to run it back. I will say too, maybe it should be the last thing you say on this topic, but um, like it's easier for the Bulls to tank because it's such a big city. Like it's, it's the third biggest city in the country. And even though, we're tanking. We can still fill the stadium just with the amount of people that we have. Like I went to a random game this season and the stadium was basically full and we're one of the four worst teams in the league and weren't playing anyone really special. And the same can go for New York, who's successfully tanking right now, and Philadelphia, who what that's the fourth largest city in the country. And if you're a city like Oklahoma City and you tank for a couple years, you might not even you might not even fill your stadium at all. Seth, you have a question? Houston is a bigger city than Philadelphia. Houston's fourth. Philadelphia you're, might be fifth. You're right. It's fifth. That was it. That's all you stopped me for. Yeah, I was putting <laughs> I was putting my hand up like fifth, not fourth. Oh, I see. I thought it was like me raising my hand. Yeah. Well, you can uh, go to hell. So, <laughs> so I just think that maybe if they changed for, for a couple years in Oklahoma City, they would be they wouldn't fill the stadium. They wouldn't make money. They might have to move the team even. I mean, Which is there's what talk Seattle of that in wants, New Orleans. So. Right. There's talk of that in New Orleans. If they lose Anthony Davis, that they're not going to be able to fill the stadium and they're going to move the team. So would you rather lose in the first round or not have a team, you know? Um, if you're the fans, not have a team. I guess, yeah, you'd rather, <laughs> you'd rather lose in the first round. But if you're an organization, I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting debate, and it's one of the biggest debates in the NBA. So I'm glad we had it, but let's fucking move on. Am I right, boys? Uh, let's quickly go over Sixers versus Nets. You guys have any just heated things that you need to say about this series? I do, I do. Um, I want to <laughs> give a shout-out. <laughs> shout Wait, hold on. Did you want to say something about how big Philadelphia was in regards to other cities in the yeah. U.S.? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So shout out to Zach Lowe. I really like when podcasts I listen to actually talk about like the intricacies of basketball. Um, and he was made this point about dribble handoffs when Ben Simmons dribbles and hands off to JJ. And then the next game I watched, he went off on it and did it like three times in a row and JJ would make a shot or he'd hand it off and then they'd roll. And then there was one time where he faked the handoff the defense went for it and then he like slipped in and went for the dunk and i thought that was a really smart play because since ben simmons doesn't have a jump shot defenses sag off of him so much that when he comes and dribbles hands it off to jj sets a screen on whoever is guarding jj simmons defender isn't going to be able to get up to guard reddick fast enough to contest his three-point shot so that just was like a really simple but ingenious play and i think it's going to force teams to have to play up tighter on ben simmons then which allows him to drive more effectively and turn the corner on them um so Mm. i think perhaps intricacies of the game really get me going yeah i think perhaps the sixers for figuring that wrinkle out 
and um, making those adjustments that they needed to make after Brooklyn started looking like they might be able to upset Philadelphia. And yeah, I'm just pumped for Sixers Raptors now. Yeah. Um, I really don't have any big thoughts on this, I guess. Joel Embiid's health moving forward is going to be very key for them. Um, and he's going to run into a better post defender than Jared Allen next round. So we'll see how that goes, which we may talk about a little later. Kyle, any thoughts? I mean, when Embiid's on the court, he's the best player that Philadelphia has. When he's not, it's tough for them. You know, it's going to be a test of skill against Toronto. So, How are Embiid's knees, though? Are they the bee's knees? Uh, you could say that. They call me the bee's <laughs> knees, but these bees ain't knees. Is that what I say? <laughs> they call you matter of socks. Uh, our guy, Kyle, thank you. <laughs> First of his name. <laughs> All right, let's 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 talk about the Rockets and the Jazz, which just oh, uh, wrapped up. Uh, there was week. something that I wanted to mention. I, I could save this for the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> so the Jazz put up a, a decent fight, I guess, but they're out on the, the first round. I said I guess, so, you know. They, they didn't. But it was a 50-50 shot, and I guess wrong, I guess. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a couple of things I want to mention is I thought their defensive strategy was kind of interesting. So for those listening the who had – Doggy style like, defense? Yeah, so they basically just fuck James Harden from behind. <laughs> <laughs> Put the kids to bed, please, God. So basically to stop James Harden's step back three, which is the shot that's broken basketball – the players will just stand behind him and give him an open runway to the basket, which for all basketball history has been the one thing you're not supposed to do on defense. So they basically play the defense like I do in real life, but apparently they're <laughs> praised for it or whatever. <laughs> so, I've praised you for years. I don't know what you're talking about. So basically they stand behind him and they, they throttle him to the middle. Throttle? Funnel. They fuck him so hard he has to run in the middle. And then they basically – Making him choose, and then Rudy the Gobert the does not step up, step up to defend him, and James Harden just hits his. I was about to get there, Kyle. Jesus, I got there for you. Rudy Gobert, the French rejection. He, uh, the French is, rejection. Is that, right? is that one of his nicknames? On, on, uh, was it Bleacher Report that always, always has the nicknames? Yeah, well, actually, I, I sorry, it's the French erection. That's my mistake. Uh, so basically, they have Rudy. Yeah, Rudy defending that floater or the lob, and they just have confidence that the off-ball guy as well will help and get a hand in there, and they're banking on Harden missing the floaters or them getting a hand on the lob. And it works kind of well, honestly. Uh, Harden, you know, in the game we were watching, Kyle, Harden shot three for 20 or something like that, and he, he had to pass a lot out of those situations. He wasn't really confident in the floater. But they still lost in five games, so I don't know how you stop James Harden. I will say that this is kind of what I talk about when when I don't necessarily want to name a rim uh, defending player as the defensive player of the year because then you get into series like this and like, ah, well, tough series, just a tough matchup for Rudy Gobert. He couldn't defend them. I mean, I guess no one can defend Harden, but... I think Giannis could have done a better job, and that's why I would name him Defensive Player of the Year. You know, a player that really 
is above any sort of matchup, and you can't say, oh, well, he can't be played in this matchup because I don't think that's really how we should be talking about the defensive player of the year. Now, do you guys think that – give me your thoughts on the Rockets and also the thoughts on, you know, are the Jazz just a regular season team and this doesn't work in the playoffs, or do you think that this is just a bad matchup for them? I think, obviously, it's a bad matchup. It's the Houston Rockets. It's the team is going to beat Golden State in the next round and really most likely. Wait a second, has... Kyle. You think the Rockets are going to beat Golden State? <laughs> oh yeah. This is God. the first I've heard of it. <laughs> um, it actually might be the first our listeners have heard it, though. Probably. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. I've talked to you guys a ton about it. But the more I watch these playoffs and – I want to say, like, disregarding maybe Philadelphia, and that's about it, but the teams that have been able to dominate other teams or do so well in the playoffs have been, you know, the small ball teams that can run a center like Rudy Gobert off the floor or a true center off the floor. And like I said, we we just talked about how it's the smart teams that are making the runs every year, and I think – those smart teams like the Rockets are making one lineups to or make or making a roster to um, support their one or two best players on the court at all times where every player knows their role and knows that it's X person's team. In this case, it's James Harden's team and a, a team that can run and get rid of basically that 1980s style of basketball where it's just bruisers, right? And you see the same thing in Milwaukee. That's exactly what they did is they built the perfect team to suit the way Giannis plays. Get a bunch of shooters, people that could, you know, play defense well uh, and support him on the defensive end, even though he probably doesn't need it. But on the offensive end, what's he going to do? He's going to drive to the rim. So what do you have to do? You have to have players that are going to pull defenders out from the paint. And that's what the all four players around Giannis are able to do. So I just don't think that this team is made, you know, to suit necessarily how Donovan Mitchell plays and how, Maybe Ricky Rubio plays because you know, like Gobert's a great he's a great player, but he's just not he's not a player that I'd want to have on my team, I don't think, in the playoffs. Seth? I think it's hard when one of your best players in today's game is a big man who has trouble like guarding little guys. So like I'm it's what I was saying pretty it. much. Yeah, I'm totally agreeing with you, really. I I like the team constructions um, where you have a guy who can guard big players if you need that, but he's not the focal point of your team, and he can spread the floor, right? So the Bucks have Brooke Lopez, who apparently can <laughs> shoot 35-foot three-pointers better than Damian Lillard. and But it's like if he's off the floor – it's not like the Bucks really lose much offensively. Mm-hmm. The Celtics have Aaron Baines, who can be a big bruising player in the post against a Joel Embiid if he needs to. But if he's off the floor, we're better offensively, you know. Um, or having the types like Al Horford, 
who can still guard little players and chase them around and and guard the pick and roll and guard players like Giannis or wing players who are crafty, right? Or Draymond, you know, a, a player who can guard wings but hold his own in the post as well. So, again, if you're Utah, you probably just have to run it back. You have the players that you have. You're not going to just dump Rudy Gobert and be like, well, he's not the type of player we need in today's NBA. But I think the future of their franchise is in Donovan Mitchell's hands right now. And Gobert is, can only take him so far. I agree with everything you said. I have nothing further to say. Move it on. Actually, I'm out. I'll see you guys later. Uh, let's quickly go over Celtics, Pacers. I was a little surprised it was a sweep, especially since I picked them in seven. Um, <laughs> Seth, I'm going to give you 45 seconds to talk about the Celtics, and I want you to make love to me with your words. The Celtics are like the waves crashing at sunset. Holy shit. With the full moon overhead. I am and rock hard. Seagulls just chirping in the wind. Uh, Kyle looks so confused. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it, but it's not, it's not working. I was there. I was there. So everyone's talking about how we lost Marcus Smart, and so that actually is like a little bit of helping us because it it works out with the player, how much the players are playing, and the rotation. Tighter rotation, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's mostly legit. I'd like to see it when Smart is healthy, just ditching Rozier and letting him sit on the bench. Um, and I, I was always confused, like during the regular season when everyone was talking about how oh, there's all these problems because the top players aren't playing enough and Jalen's unhappy and Tatum's unhappy. And then like semi Ojale would play like 18 minutes. Um, and it wasn't even season. like during junk time. So it was like, okay, so part of this is like by choice. So I always thought in the playoffs, they'd figure it out or those minutes would be distributed a little bit better. But uh, I think we're playing well. I'm excited. I don't think just because we swept the Pacers means that we're definitely going to be the Bucks, but I believe in us. That was great. Uh, 45 best seconds of my life. It's probably like Kyle, quickly, anything you'd like to add? Brad coaches best when the lights are brightest, and this is the biggest stage. This I just is think that be... was more poetic than what Seth said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, um, I, I agree with everything that Seth said. The tighter rotations have really solidified, you know, the players' roles on the Celtics team, which I think is letting them actually reach their their best potential. Um, obviously, it also helps that Gordon Hayward has been extremely aggressive on the offensive end, and he's, over the last two and a half weeks of the regular season, you could see he was coming into that Utah Gordon Hayward form, which is what the Celtics paid him for. Um, and in my opinion, they're peaking at the perfect time. Yeah. You could say, Oh, they swept the, they swept the Pacers. Well, golden state can't even get past the Clippers right now. So, um, and yeah, so I'm in the camp that they're going to beat 
the Warriors or the Warriors. They're they're going to beat the uh, the Bucks in the next round. Uh, I know a lot of people think, oh, Gian- Giannis, you know, he's going to Gianni. How am I talking about right now? <laughs> Giannis is uh, going to just carry the entire team. Yeah, Giannis can only do so much. But what happens when you play a competent defensive team for a seven game series? Because that's not Detroit. That's what that's what the Celtics are. So they yeah. have every single. Well, it could be argued that every position on the Celtics is exponentially better than every positional player on Detroit. And sure. I don't think that Giannis, Giannis isn't going to get the same wide open lanes that he got. And I know everyone was freaking out over Twitter and Instagram and everything from that one layup that Giannis had where he switched hands when he was falling down. It's like, Great. That that's dope. one. Sh- that's one shot that you made against a terrible Can't team. Just let people be happy. Jesus, that was a cool <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. But it's like everyone's like, you know, all all up in arms. Not all. Who arms. is all up in arms? <laughs> that was that was the wrong word. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something. People extremely... are taking the streets with the rifles because of that shot. <laughs> I was gonna say something. I'm taking the streets. I'm up in arms over that shot. I see. I was gonna say something extremely inappropriate that even the kids probably shouldn't hear. So I, I tried to, I tried to reroute, you know, midway. Even the kids who should hear the most inappropriate things, <laughs> even the kids shouldn't hear this. <laughs> so uh, I have things I'm to just say. saying, uh, Celtics win next round, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna see them and Houston in the finals. <laughs> Uh, I would just have two quick things to say since it's in the 58th minute. We haven't even touched any of the second round series yet. Uh, <laughs> so my first thing is that um, the Celtics, while they did sweep the Pacers, the Pacers are literal butt cheeks. And they, their defense looked elite for sure. Um, but also their offense didn't look great either. I mean, these games were mostly like 95 to 87. All of them are 95 to 87 exactly. <laughs> It's never been done before. Don't so I'd be a little nervous about that against a team as good as uh, with the first overall defense in the league that they're facing next round, which is the Bucks from Milwaukee. Have you heard of them? And so I would be a little nervous of that. And um, I think that's going to be a great series. The second thing I wanted to mention is that um, you've heard of Semi Ojale. Well, I have a semi right now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sam out. Okay. Can we move on, please? Jesus. Let's just Did you know that uh, Semi Ojale has probably the most amount of nicknames on Basketball Reference? Uh, one is just Semi, uh, which is his name. Two, <laughs> Muscles Jesus. Uh, three, people call him the Ox. Um, some people call him Thor. Not Black Thor, just Thor because right. of his hair, I think. Um, they also call him... <laughs> for reasons that are obvious. Uh, they don't call the other one White Thor. But he's the original. Um, they also call him the Ojale Factory. Don't understand that. Uh, and he's also called the man made of granite. So if you need a countertop, he's the man to go to. Thank you for that insight. I appreciate that. Uh, quickly, on the last three series, Bucks, Pistons, Raptors, Magic, Warriors, Clippers. I put Bucks Warriors, Clippers on this on this uh, list of, that we're just going to breeze through. But that's before I realized that they are going to lose to the Clippers last night. So maybe we can dive into that a little more. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, let's hit Bucks Pistons. We have nothing to talk about, right? The Pistons aren't even a real team. They actually just propped up five cardboard players. 
Let's talk. I just wanted to mention something quick from Raptors. I, I would like to say first before you get in there, uh, the only thing about Detroit is Blake Griffin is going to win the Blake of the, the Year award. So, the Blake of the Year award? Yeah, he's the Blake of the Year for sure. What about Blake Lively? No. Blake Griffin's <laughs> Blake of the Year. Go ahead. So, you think Blake Lively is a strong candidate? I mean, she might be going for it, but she's got no no shot. It's either Blake Lively, Blake Bortles, or Blake Griffin, and Blake Griffin just takes a cake, you know. I mean, well, Blake we Sullivan. know Bortles isn't going to be it because he got cut from. He basically got cut from the Jaguars. They cut the boat. What are you going to do? He's lost his name. The boat. Blake Shelton, anybody? <laughs> Ooh. Just put out. What's a, he done for me lately? Song. He got divorced from his wife. So not this year. I think it was last year. He- do not hire us to take your coal across the country. We will be off the rails in a second. English poet one William thing. Blake, who died in 1827. Everybody. Blake. 2019 was his year, though. Um, <laughs> I just want to make one quick point about Raptors Magic, okay? Seth, I want you to look at your eyes. $10. What does it make me? Kyle owes us ten dollars because he bet us that the magic would win. For some reason, he must have been on edge that night as well. Uh, Seth, I want you to look me deep in the eyes right now. Are you looking? I want to talk about Marcus Saul, <laughs> and here's why. Okay, <laughs> I still think that matchup wise, he's key for them in the playoffs. I don't think we're realizing that he is the Raptors' Al Horford, basically. I mean, he's elite on defense. He's their smartest defender. He's a lockdown post defender. He's an even better passer than Al. And he can stretch out the opposing centers by taking and making threes. So he basically is their Al. And Seth, I know how you hold Al so dearly. That's why I'm trying to kind of bring you over to my side by mentioning your sweet love. I'm he thinking in the next out game, the opposing centers, does he like go over to them pregame and like lift their leg up and no, I just mean he fucks them so hard that he stretches out their asshole. Okay, Jesus. Oh. Maybe say it. We all what the it. kids said. So, <laughs> even, even the kids shouldn't have heard that. So they might not even have to double Joel in the next round, which is huge for them. And I know Vucevic is no Joel Embiid, but he absolutely locked him down in the series. And I you know what? I did some research to back it up. That's right, the second career time I've done research. So Vooch this season was 21, 12, and 4. 21 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists per game. And basically, he was shooting 52% from the field, 26% from three, and 79% from the line, right? In round one against Marcus Gasol, 11 points per game, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. He shot 36% from the field. He was last in PR out of any of the centers in the first round. Whereas during the season, he was second overall for all centers in PER. Now, I, once again, I know he's no Joel Embiid. But he absolutely shut him down. And that's one of the main reasons why they want. I mean, obviously, they're the better team. but So I'm just looking forward to seeing what he can do against Joel in the second round. I think that, I mean, they've never had this before. Jo- Jonas Valanciunas is not a lockdown post defender. He's not an elite, smart defender. He's not a good passer. And he can't make threes. So this is a... It's an element that they've never had against opposing centers, and I'm just pretty excited to see what happens with Mark versus Joel in the second round. They also have Kyle Lowry. They Thank do? <laughs> Kyle just lists their entire roster. <laughs> He's ass. He's ass. He is. 
he's he's uh he's a tough he's having a tough time shooting in the playoffs in his career. But they do have Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Wait, do you say Kyle has an ass or he is an ass? Because both are true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he said, "Yeah, let's hit on Warriors Clippers real quick because the Warriors lost to the Clippers again, and I am shocked." Do you know the Warriors have uh, Andrew Bogut? (laughs) (laughs) Just listing their roster. Kyle, why don't you go on a rant on how how the Warriors are so bad and they're going to lose in the second round? I mean, (laughs) I've ranted all night. He doesn't have another rant in him. He just doesn't have it. (laughs) I just, I mean, if you watch that, you know, the second game, they were up 30-something points couple minutes into the third quarter, and you let the Clippers of all teams come back against you, right? Okay, so you think, wow, the Clippers just did that. Warriors are going to put them away the next two games, or three games, however many it takes. Um, so what happens two games later? The Clippers just, de- I don't want to say demoralize, but, you know, they, they took it to the the Warriors again, both times on the Warriors' home court. Like, that's just not a team to me that it isn't excusable for a team that's supposedly the greatest team in NBA history. Uh, and people want to argue like, well, like you, Sam, you said, you know, even if they have chemistry issues, their their talent should overcome those chemistry issues if they have any. But we think especially when, against the Clippers, this Clippers team is literally just two people that are competent shooting the ball, one player that plays very good on man-to-man defense, and then a big guy that literally doesn't shoot outside of dunking a basketball or laying it up off of cuts. That's it. That's their entire offense. And if they can't stop that, how do you expect them to top or stop the, the most efficient offense in the NBA and the third-best defense in the NBA efficiency-wise since the All-Star break, who look better than ever right now, and we saw them win a game against supposedly one of the other best defenses in the NBA when James Harden shot 3 of 20-something because he affected the game that much. Like, to me, it's just like Houston right now is as healthy as they've ever been in the playoffs. They're firing on all cylinders. Everything's clicking in the game, in their game. And now they get the Warriors run one round earlier, off extended rest. And who knows? The Warriors might lose again when they go to play the Clippers tomorrow or tonight once we drop this, you know. Um, so give me Houston all day when they have extended rest, the best offensive player in the NBA, the best offensive efficiency team, and the third best defensive efficiency-wise in the NBA against a team that can't even put away the eighth seed. So let me make a counter, if I may. Not a lot. Uh, and this, let's just use this as a transition into the second round matchup, shall we, gang? Uh, so this is probably the most interesting matchup of the second round, Warriors-Rockets, which we assume is going to happen unless the Warriors fall to the Clippers in the first round, which wouldn't be surprised. would set Oakland and L.A. on fire. Um, but here are my thoughts. They are thusly speaking. <clears throat> I expect the Warriors to win the next game. In fact, I expected them to win the last game. Uh, and I think that 
like I see, like you said, Kyle, even no matter how many problems they might be having, I thought they had two of the top three players in the league. So that should count for something. And they, they have a couple players who I think can give James Harden more problems than anyone on the uh, Utah jazz did. And I always get a little nervous <clears throat> about picking a team. Now I will say I haven't decided who to pick in this series yet, but I'm just playing devil's advocate to you. Uh, they, so I get a little nervous picking a team where there's just one thing that they do every time, and that's how they succeed, which is James Harden, you know, isolation, going for the float or the lob or kicking out to the three. Obviously, that's been very successful, but the Warriors have Draymond and Clay to throw at them in the perimeter and Iguodala off the bench. I think they have a lot more smart, long, athletic wing players who are much better defenders than anyone that the Jazz had to throw at Harden. I think we all know that, right? But like you said, Harden is the most efficient offensive player in the league. But I just think that when you have Steph and KD and you can do so many different things with them and you have Clay, and all the, the Rockets have, or not all, but what they lean on the most is James Harden isolation, I would just be a little more confident that the Warriors can stop that than the Jazz. But you know, I was also confident that the Warriors were going to sweep the Clippers. So I guess what do I know? I mean, I think that my usually I would just say the Warriors have more talent. Uh, you know, let me pick them until I see them lose. But I don't know. I've been a little. Everyone I've said lost that a lot last of year too, and the only reason they lost is because of injuries. The only reason Houston lost was because of an injury, in my opinion. I mean, they didn't have their second best player, and they also shot zero for twenty four in one quarter. I mean, I'm, I don't think it's crazy to pick Houston. I think a lot of people are going to pick Houston, but I also don't know. Don't know. I'm still what up is, in the air about it. What are the war? What is the Warriors lineup going to look like? Because if they have Andrew Bogut on the floor, that's a complete pick and roll nightmare for the Warriors with James Harden. And if they got Kevon Looney on the floor, in my opinion, I think Capella could dom- is going to dominate him down low. So there's their two man game right there no matter what center they run on the floor, unless they're going to just go 48 minutes of all their death lineup and have KD or Draymond at the five. And even then I just, they're too efficient of a team. And I know a lot of people don't like, you just think, Oh, it's the James Harden show. Well, Chris Paul's playing uh, as well as he's played all season P.J. Tucker all season, and especially in these playoffs, has been insane. And I know a lot of people don't talk about him, but he is, I think, one of the best defensive players in the league. And if he's going to get a wide-open three, he I, I love his chances of knocking down the majority of those wide-open threes that he's going to get off these James Harden drives. And then you got also Eric Gordon, who, <laughs> if needed can go off for 30 something points but he hasn't had to but he's still putting up like 20 some almost 20 some points a game so yeah I, I hear what you're saying and I, I know I didn't mention Chris Paul at all but I still you know Chris Paul is your second best player fine if you're saying PJ is your third or fourth best player well I have Clay Thompson on the other side who can do more than just knock down open threes he knocks down everything he looks at and it's just almost as good of a defender as PJ I would say I mean you look at the matchups you know and you say 
Steph versus Harden. Okay, maybe Harden's been better this year. Uh, and then you go to your second best player, Chris versus Kevin Durant. I'll take Kevin Durant. Then you have Clay versus PJ. I'll take PJ. I'll take Clay. Excuse me. And then you have Draymond versus Eric Gordon. And I'll take Draymond. I mean, I just I think unless it's Draymond versus Capella, and I take Capella in that, but that's fine. I wasn't going position, just best players. Oh, no, I, I see. know. Let's I, go. I, yeah. Well, I'd still take Draymond over Capella, and unless. I don't know. Draymond shoots against like, a backpack on. <laughs> He's the biggest <laughs> bitch in the Compella NBA. can't shoot either, I so I don't know why you're I making that him. that thing. Yeah, you just hate Draymond. So I don't know. It it's just they're just better, and I would be. I don't know. There must be something going on if if they lose. Stuff. Yeah, nothing think? from the. Uh, oh, you don't know who you're picking yet. Never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I've been going back and forth. <laughs> I uh, agree with all of you. Thanks. And that's so nice. Uh, that... Just why can't we? Why can't both teams win? You know, wouldn't that be nice? Um, I, I hate think the Warriors. <laughs> I think the Rockets are definitely playing better as a team right now. I could see the Warriors still pulling it out. I'm not sure who I'm going to pick in this matchup, um, but maybe <sighs> the Clippers will surprise everybody and save us the having to decide and beat the Warriors in the next couple I games. I would love that so wild. much. I would love it, too. I think we're... Uh, off your phone. Let's go to the next. Oh, you guys are fucking ready? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just Googling pictures of Draymond Green naked. Um, let me just scroll through all my nice Marcus All stats. Seth, okay, I will let you do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Let's not preview. Um, let's not preview Nuggets or Spurs versus Blazers because we don't know which one will be yet. The Spurs just forced the seventh game tonight. But I will say it does kind of feel like it's the Blazers' time to make the conference finals, doesn't it, guys? It does. I was I was saying that like if even if the, I think it's no matter who they match up with. As much as I love Denver and I despise a couple players on the Spurs. Um, Portland right now is kind of in that same Houston boat where they're clicking on all cylinders. And I don't think either team really has a way to stop Damian Lillard, at least stop him well. Um, So I I think this is the year we do see Dame make it to the conference finals. And I'm excited. I'm excited to see that. Is it Davis Bertans? Is that who you hate on the Spurs yeah. call? No, I like Davis. Is it I Davis? hate. Uh, I hate. Um, I think they're gonna say Davis. I don't care what they call him. Uh, I hate Demar. <laughs> um, I hate. Who's the dude that literally has no hair until he has pubes just on the top of his head? Derek White. Derek White. Yes. <laughs> like I hate him just because of how he looks. <laughs> well, he was on my. Team, so I love him. And I despise their their bench. All of them. All right. Well, Patty Mills. Patty Sunken Eyes. Sunken Eyes Mills. You think that's his ding name on basketball reference? I want you to look it up. <laughs> if it's not the Granite Countertop, it's got to be Sunken Eyes Mills. Uh, I was just... He's got two nicknames. It's Patty Cakes or Pat Stacks. <laughs> I was going to say, in regards to the Blazers, I think it would be so nice for them to make a conference finals because I think that. Damon Lillard and the Blazers are this team that every year we're like, ah, oh, they're nice, but like, what are they? They're not gonna, they're not gonna really contend in the playoffs. 
and they've had such a nice infrastructure and culture that I just really want them to to use that to push through to the conference finals. So I'm rooting for Damon, even though I I do love I do love Jokic as well though. I do too. He is a stogie just... boy at heart. No, hundred percent. He's the focal point of the all stogie. <laughs> of any stogie team. boy offense. <laughs> but I don't think they would lose the series because of Jokic. They would lose the series because I mean you're not gonna put Jokic on Dame and I just don't I I don't know. For sure. Uh let's take a quick hit of the Raptors seventy sixers before we wrap up, guys. This is going to be a very interesting series as well. I think we have, don't you think we have four just really great series coming up in the second round? I mean, better than I can remember, honestly, especially in the East. We're always looking forward to these one through four matchups, right? Because I think any of those four teams can make it out. And especially Raptors Sixers. I mean, you would probably say the Raptors are the best player in Kawhi, but Joel isn't far behind and maybe even ahead. And then you have a secondary player in Ben Simmons, who I think is better than anyone the Raptors have. Maybe you could say Pascal is better. But I think that's a really good matchup, and like I said, I'm looking forward to Gasol defending, um, defending Embiid, and just the Raptors' defense in general is just. I mean, you, you trot out a lineup of Lowry, big ass, Danny Green, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Sol. Who am I missing? Someone put a third player in there. Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard, and like, how are you supposed to score against that? You know, especially if one of if two out of your five players can't shoot. So I think I think I'll be picking the Raptors in this series, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes six or seven. And I think since neither of you said anything, I'll just keep talking. I think that uh I think this is kind of a prove it series for either team, right? Because the 76ers went through the process and this is their final outcome. So this should be the team you're making the finals with. You're done with assets. This is the process. This is the result. On the other hand, the Raptors can never make it to the finals because LeBron's been in the conference and that's been their excuse. You know, oh, we're we're an elite team, but LeBron's in our way. I don't see LeBron. Do you guys? I can't see him. It's because <laughs> he's, he's in my bedroom. That he's behind you? Okay. <laughs> so Just kidding. I would LeBron, never prove it to in me my that when he's on the Lakers. Of course. Just prove it to me mm. that you guys can make the finals now that LeBron's gone. So I'm interested to see which one of these teams can push through. You guys now can put input in. Everything you're saying, I'm also interested in, except for the Gasol part. I don't care about him. <laughs> I don't care about him either. I'm alone on my Gasol island, and you know what? I planted. It, I've I've made a nice cabin there. I'm enjoying my time. You know what I will say is the Sixers have T.J. McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing Marcus Hall's got going for him is that one of his nicknames is Big Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Do we have anything else to say? I'm, also, I, I don't think so Gasol's his last name. <laughs> I have to pee so hard that I might pull out a kidney. You stone said you peed right there. before this. Don't it you says that he, don't pee? he was born Mark Gasol Saez. <laughs> he was born Big Burrito because he looked like a big burrito when he came out. So wait, what was Pau Gasol born? Was he also born the same thing? Paul Gasol Saez. pee my pants right now. He was. Paul Gasol has three nicknames. Meal Ticket, don't understand it. E.T. doesn't look like E.T. And three, Kung Pao. He's not Asian. <laughs> What's happening here? Okay, can we add this fucking podcast oh, or what? His name's Pao, so. Wow, that makes Kung sense. Pao. But they spelled it P-O-W, so that's why I was 
thrown um, off. I can't believe we're still talking right now. <laughs> Everybody stop talking. <laughs> okay, Kyle, just tell him what day he did whatever, and then we can sign off. I hope you all celebrated last weekend to your fullest because we've been preparing for this day on the podcast for years. Uh, on Friday, he went down, but on the third day, he rose again. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go pee my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs>